Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries, where everyone is a winner. Join us as we rightly divide the word of truth. Question. What it was what was it you wanted to be as a child growing up? Okay. Do we have a spare mic? Yeah. Can we have a spare mic? So what was it as a child growing up? What was it you wanted to be? When I was a child, I wanted to be a doctor. Great. You wanted to be a doctor. Okay. Next one. I had two. Um, one of them was a singer. Okay. And the other one was a CSI investigator. Okay. That's interesting. Amen. Can I have two more? Yeah. Amen. Uh, when I was a, a child, I wanted to be a producer. Amen. A producer. One more. Mom. I, w I wanted to be a stewardess or um, <laughs> flight attendant. Amen. <laughs> That's someone that shares my passion. Amen. <laughs> Right, that's quite interesting. Now, from the four people that raised their hands, how many of you eventually became what you wanted to be? Amen. Okay, you sing. Okay, amen. The mic. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I do work in like the medical healthcare sector. Okay, great. I sing in church. Amen. And I still watch CSI. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Close. And? Yeah, I'm a sound technician and I'm an unprofessional producer. Amen. Okay. I like that. Okay, mom? Can you? Hallelujah. I haven't yet, but I've still got chance to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I, really, I really love that answer. And you know what? And I'll tell you what I wanted to be. I had two professions in mind when I was young. One, I wanted to be a hair stewardess as well. And the other one was I wanted to be a news presenter. Now, um, from my height and from my stature, you can tell that I could not be, I did not qualify to be a hair stewardess. And the reason for that was when I was growing up, I spent a number of my years in Nigeria. You had to be a certain height. You had to be a certain figure. And you had to be a certain complexion. And I'm sure you can tell that I did not qualify on all three. But you know what? With the things of God, right? It's not what man qualifies, but it is what God qualifies you to be. Amen. Amen. And you know, I like what mom said. She said, I'm not yet, but I still have a chance. And you know, we're going to talk about someone who, who we don't normally talk about in the Bible. And if I was going to give, you know, the message today a title, I would say, I mean, I've got quite a few, but one will be striving for your best. The other will be not staying there or not parking there. But whatever the title is this morning, 
there's a message that the Lord wants to get out to each and every one of us. Amen. And we'll start by reading the scripture, which we're all quite familiar with. Philippians 3, 14. Hallelujah. Amen. Philippians if you read 3. it, can I ask you, do you have a message version? Yep. So you can read from whatever version you've got there. Yep. Amen. I've got a message. You've got a message. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted them to project the message version if they've got one. Well. Hmm? Okay. Philippians 3, t- uh, 13. Amen. 12, well, 12 to 14. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have, have it made, but I am well on my way. Amen. Reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrous, wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Amen. Amen. Can you go back to verse 12, please? It says, I'm not saying that I have this all together. I'm not saying I've arrived yet. Right? And this is Apostle Paul talking here. He says that I have made it. And you know, when you look at the world, right, what is the qualification of I've made it? Where are the mics? What's the qualification in the world when people say, oh, I've arrived and I've made it? What, what are they saying there? They've either like acquired some sort of like success that their peers find acceptable. That could be um, in terms of career-wise, if they Car- have a business, but something that man describes as successful, like money-wise and stuff. Money, like that. yeah, money, houses, career, um, relationships, relationships, yeah. friends, big cars, multiple cars. Oh, right. Someone sent. Oh, it could mean that you know they've arrived as in they're now somebody. So it could be like a a title, not necessarily a title, but that they're a status. status. Yeah, a man, a title. Someone sent me a clip. Um, I think Star Rose <laughs> sent me a clip about is it the Sultan of Brunei, and how many Ferraris he's got, and you know how many cars, how many houses. You know, someone sent me something else about. Donald Trump, Trump empire, and these are the things that men and women or people of the world count as success. But that isn't what God sees as success. Right, let's continue. Can we have the scripture back up? Amen. It says, friends, I don't, don't, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert on all of these but I've got my eye on where? On the goal. For the children of God, where is the goal? Can we have that? Yep, on the mic. Can we so that we can? Where's the goal? The goal is heaven. The goal is heaven. Amen. And wh- how do we get there? Amen. <laughs> True Christ. True Christ. Amen. So we have a goal. We have a destiny. But we have to get there. And there's something you call bite size, right? Now, a lot of times, what we do is we look at the end goal, and because of how long or how difficult it might seem, we think, oh, we can't get there. 
right? And what do we do? We sit back. Now, if we look at Genesis chapter 11, I want us to show us somebody that packed where he was, got comfortable, and thought, I'm not going to go any further. I'm comfortable. And that is sometimes what we do in our lives. And that is what God does not want us to do. Hallelujah. If you, Genesis 11, if you read from 27 to 32, I think that should cover it. Genesis 11 from verse 27. This is the story of Terah. Terah had Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Haran had Lot. Haran died before his father Terah in the country of his family, Ur of the Chaldees. Abraham and Nahor each got married. Abraham's wife was Sarah. Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of his brother Haran. Haran had two daughters, Milcah and Iscah. Sarah was, Sarai was barren. She had no children. Terah took his son Abram, Abram, his grandson Lot, Haran's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and set out with them from Ur of the Chaldees for the land of Canaan. But when they got as far as Haran, they settled down there. Terah lived 205 years. He died in Haran. Amen. Amen. Right, so we have a story here uh, that we don't normally read about. We have Abraham's father, right? He had three sons. The sons had wives. And at one point, God said to him to leave where he was, right? The goal for him was where? Was Canaan. And that was the promised land. The goal for us is heaven. And that is our promised land. Amen? But what happened along the way? Right? And don't get me wrong. In those days, there were no removals. So he ha they had to do it with horses and whatever cattle they had, they had to take. They take the wives, their husbands, um, all the servants, the children, the grandchildren. And they had to get on camel backs or horses backs and had to go how many days or even weeks traveling. Now, when you notice, they would have to park and, you know, get a bonfire, make some food, stay overnight, and start up the second day. So that took forever. And the Bible says that they got to a place, they got to Haran, and they stopped there. And I would like to think, what was his mindset when he stopped? He had his whole family. He knew where God wanted him to be. And he knew that he was not there. But he got to a certain point and he stopped there. So my question to us this morning through the Holy Spirit is, where is it that God wants us to be? And where are we at this point in time? Where have we sat and said, we're comfortable where we are. Terah decided they couldn't go any further. So they settled where they were comfortable. In our lives, there are certain things that hinder us from going further. There are certain challenges. 
And I said, as we, we're going to have, we're having um, an interactive church. So I want us to come up with reasons why people don't go as far as God wants them to go. Who's got that? What are the hindrances? Um, I would say fair. You know, sometimes. You say what? Fair. Okay. So you, you maybe don't. Or, or anxieties, maybe don't see yourself as God sees you. Okay. And that you're qualified. Okay. That's one fear. Any other reasons? Um, I would say peer pressure. You say peer pressure. Can you explain? Um, yeah. So, like, obviously, growing up, um, I would say more so for the younger generation, maybe growing up and, you know, it doesn't seem cool to follow God or to be going to church every Sunday or that kind of thing. So sometimes, as, as my mama said as well, the fear takes you away from it because you want to kind of, um, yeah, you want to be in the in crowd, but you also want to chase after God. Okay. That makes sense. But, I mean, I'm just saying generally, I mean, even in terms of career, in terms of what your aspirations for life, what are the things that hold you back? So, not just about, okay, your Christian work, which is part of it, and the main, you know, your main goal in life. But one thing is, if you don't pursue, right, God, right, you wouldn't be able to pursue some of the things that God wants you to do. So, where, even though you're in a secular job, even in that secular job, you do have a ministry because you are an ambassador wherever it is, either in your business or at your workplace, you are still an ambassador of God. So the fact that you're not standing at a pulpit or an evangelist, uh, evangelist or in the mission field doesn't mean that you're not reaching out to people. So in whatever walk of life it is, what are the hindrances that holds you back? We've got someone at the back. Um, probably not knowing the word of God. Okay. Can you explain? Because um, um, there's so many promises um, that God has given us. Um, and there's so many repercussions for certain things that we do. Um, so some of the things that we may be doing um, are having an impact on the destiny that we should be um, fulfilling um, and holding us back. And when we don't know the word of God, we can't actually exercise the authority and the power over certain situations that arise. Amen. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just, you know, lack of knowledge of the word of God and okay. not really understanding what the Spirit says. Amen. Can we have we've got Brother Alex in front here? Amen. Uh, we mentioned your own personal fears, but there are a lot of times when it is the, the fear of the, the, the main environment around you. So you do something, you have a potential, mm -hmm. and Pete, there are an environment like a fear of the people around you who mm -hmm. see your potential Amen. and would just like to block you. Mm. So mm. it's a case of um, asking God. God has to come into the mix. But finding out, even if you weren't a believer, to find your path to visualize where, which area you can actually go where, where you can be more conducive to the um, environment. So, so to, to, to break through. Because people, you know, it's like being in the right soil, a plant, a seed being in the right soil, the proper, um, right. you know, ag agricultural site type of thing, so they can aggra aggravate, because we do aggravate, if you are special, you know, you can aggravate, but there's the, the, there's the cultivating side of it, where, That's you know, right. you germinate, mm -hmm. and you, but there are people who just don't want to germinate with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's true. 
Any others? Mom? Mom? <laughs> Lack of confidence and um, not sure of yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. Do we have any others? We've got someone at the back. Not doing things God's way. Not doing things God's yeah, way. Yeah, so okay. if God says go left, sometimes we want to go right because, you know, this is how we see it. This is how, this is what we want to do. Okay. Um, and sometimes that hinders us, I believe. That's yeah. right. So, the, you know, there are a number of reasons why we don't attain God's best for us. But, you know, God says, he says, I know the plans I have for you. They are good and not of evil. They are to give us a what? A hope and a future. And not only that, they are to bring us onto an expected end. And that expected end has to be glorious because it is God's doing. You know, I've, I've got a list of things here that I feel that are, could be a hindrance as well as what everyone else has said. The culture and the society that we live in can be a hindrance. There are people that live in cultures where certain things are not allowed. I remember when I was growing up, I remember asking my dad a question, and I was still quite young, because I realized that my grandfather only trained his male children past a certain point. So the women, only got what in those days was is a standard three or something like that. They got the minimal of education. And when I asked my dad why that was, the answer was because the women are going to go off and marry somebody else. And every, all the money spent on them would, have be, would be to the advantage of another man. So he only invested in his sons. And I just thought, you know, thinking about it now, that is a limitation. It's a family limitation. And sometimes you find that cultures have things like that as well, where women are not allowed to do certain things just because of your gender. And if you look through the Bible, the Naomi's, the Esther's, the Ruth's, you know, they were the Dockers. I mean, God never limited as a result of gender. But this is, these are all man-made in positions. Disobedience is a big one. And you know, like Sam said, you know, God wants you to go right, but you want to go left. And the Bible says, whoever is willing and what? Obedient will eat the good of the land. God speaks to us on a daily basis. But because we want to do our own things, we try to rationalize. We try to, we argue with God. But, oh God, but, but, and we give excuses. And because God, God doesn't, you know, sort of like take out a whip and whip us physically, we feel, okay, we can go ahead and do what we want to do, and then we do things, and then we run back. And that was exactly what the Israelites did time and time and time again. To the point that Moses was so frustrated with them. Maremas mentioned about fear. Ill advice. Who are we taking advice from? Who are the people that speak into our lives? Who are the mentors that we have? 
I think it was when um, Stephen preached, he said there are some, some haters, people that don't wish us well. I mean, Brian Alex has mentioned it again. There are people that smile with us, but inside of them don't wish us well. So it's important that we take the right advice. There's also ignorance. There's the ignorance, but ignorance can be learned. If you don't know something, they ask, but be willing to learn. I say every day is a school day. As long as you're willing to learn, you would overcome ignorance. You know, every so often I think of, I think of Mominelli. At her age, she had more applications than I had on my phone, and she knew how to use them. Keep learning. There's also financial limitations. There are people that cannot attain what they want to or get where they want to because of financial limitations. But you know we have a father. The Bible says he owns the cattle upon a thousand hills. The gold is his and the silver is his as well. And he knows how to connect us with the right people to help us to get to the places that we need to get to. You know, there are times that we think the things that we're chasing are physical. But there are certain things that, there are certain places, there are certain things that we need to do to have a voice. You know, when myself and Auntie Naomi pray, we pray for Christian leaders. You know, Christians to be in positional posts in the parliaments so that they can have a voice for Christians. But if you don't educate yourself rightly, you can't get to those posts. And if you don't get to those posts, you can't have a voice for the people. So it's also important for us to educate ourselves, to have that knowledge, to be able to be a voice for God in the places that we need to. There are people that have to go onto the mission field. They have to learn the languages for them to be able to, to reach out to the people in the villages or, you know, in, in the rural areas. So it's also important that we apply ourselves. Laziness is a big one. And Dad spoke about that last week. You know, you can't just sit down there and, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. And God's saying, I'm waiting for you to get off your backside and do something as well. I would help you, but you need to do something. And if you've ever seen a little kid, right, what do they do when they want their mom or dad to pick them up? They lift their hands up. And that's exactly what we need to do. We need to lift our hands up, maybe not physically, but we need to show God that we're serious. We need to show God that we are ready and we are serious and we want to be that voice to the voiceless. There's also disappointments or previous failures. And like mom said, lack of confidence. If you've been knocked down once, knocked down twice, you just pack there. I'm comfortable where I am. After all, I'm okay. Let me just stay where I am. That way I don't know. The devil won't bother me where I am. We also have words spoken into our lives. 
And you know, that is such a crucial thing. Certain things that have been spoken over our lives as kids, even growing up, even as adults. Bratunde was talking on Friday about children, about school, the influence that the school, the teachers have over children. And it's important that we pray. We pray for those teachers because some of them are instruments of the enemy. Words that are spoken. We have big dreams. We want to excel as parents. We want to excel in our careers. We want to excel with our work with God. But we need to start to take those steps. A lot of us get started and we come across one or two difficulties and we say, that's it. I'm not going any further. The reason we have electricity today is because someone was persistent. He failed so many times. And if somebody said to me, show me a successful man or a successful woman, I will show you someone who has failed and failed and failed and got back up and failed and got back up. The Bible says that the righteous fall seven times. But what do they do? They get back up again. A failure is one who fails but never gets back up again. And as long as there's breath in us, as long as there's life in us, we can get back up because we have the Holy Spirit and because we have our Father and because we know that it is not over till it's over. Amen. Amen. You know, perhaps, you know, like Abraham's father, you've said, let me just settle where I am. I can't go any further. I can't face the disappointments anymore. It might be in your career. It might be in your relationships. It might be something that you've, you've been planning to do. I'm going to say to you, don't give up on those dreams. Don't fall into that trap. Because it's a trap of the enemy. Pick those dreams back up again. Because you have the Holy Spirit. And there's a reason why the Lord puts dreams in our hearts. There's a reason why God wants us to take the path that he's putting in our hearts. You might say, I've got no benefit from this, but there's somebody that would benefit. When the worship team come in on a Sunday morning and they minister to us, it's not for their benefit. It's for the benefits of the congregation. Yes, they get blessed, but the purpose is to minister to the congregation, to the saints of God. And for each one of us, whatever it is, either your secular profession, 
either in the ministry, whatever it is that the Lord has given to you, it's for the benefit of somebody else. So we're going to look at reasons why, what, what we can do, what the things, how we can change things, how we can get out of that box, that box, that limitation box, that box that has, has, has um, what's the best word, that has held us bound, as it were. You know, the fear, the things that have been spoken, all those limitations, what is it that we can do? to reach out, to do the things that God wants us to do without being held back. And one of it is wisdom. You know, it so reminds me of, of Solomon. Solomon had a big job on his hands. And God said, ask of me, what, what do you want? And Solomon, the Bible says, asked for wisdom. And God said, because you have not asked for gold or silver or riches, says, I will give you wisdom and I'll give you everything else. And that's why I've got down as my first point. Let us read Proverbs 3, 13 to 18. Amen. Proverbs 3, 13 to, 13 to 18. You're blessed when you meet Lady Wisdom. When you make friends with Madam Insight. Can you hold on one second? Can you go back, please? You're blessed when you meet Lady Wisdom. When you make friends with Madam Insight. Amen. It says you are blessed. You are highly favored. When you meet Lady Wisdom. Did you notice there? Wisdom is a lady. Amen. <laughs> Look at that. Amen. That's why the ladies are ever so pretty, eh? It says, you are blessed when you meet Lady Wisdom. And when you make friends with Madam Insight. So God is saying to us here, you need to get wisdom. And you also need to get insight. Amen? Let's carry on. She's worth far more than money in the bank. Amen? Her friendship is better than a big salary. Can you hold on one minute there? It says, she is worth more than money in the bank. And do you remember in the beginning when we were talking about what people look at as success, as I've arrived, I've made it? Money is part of it, isn't it? So they've got money. They've got a fleet of cars. They've got a few planes. They've got houses. And that's what the world's definition of wealth and you know, success is all about. But the Bible says it is wisdom is worth more than money in the bank and her friendship more than a six-figure sum. So that means that it's important for us to make friends with wisdom, to make friends with insight. So if we have money but no wisdom, of what benefit is that? Not much. And that is why you find that a lot of people that win the lottery end up losing everything. Because they've got the money, but they've got no wisdom. And they've got no insight into how to spend it. Amen. Can carry on. 
Her value exceeds all the trappings of wealth. Amen. Her value, the value of wisdom exceeds all the trappings of the wealth. Nothing you could wish for holds a candle to her. Amen. With one hand, she gives long life. Amen. Can you hold on one sec? With one hand, she gives long life. And you know, when I read that, I just thought, it's not just long life. It's long life with good health. The Bible promises us, it says, with long life and good health, would I satisfy you and show you what? My salvation. So that means that you have long life, but not only do you have a life that is long, but you also have a good health. So in your old age, you will still be productive. Amen. In your old age, you'll still be reaching out. In your old age, you'll still be winning souls for Christ. That's the promise of the Lord for us because we would be in divine health. Amen. Hallelujah. And with the other? With the other, she confers recognition. Hallelujah. Remember what I said earlier on? We need to be in the right places for us to be recognized. Now, if we don't have what it takes for us to be in the right places, how would we be recognized for the things of God? How would we be able to have a voice? So it's important for us to apply ourselves in whichever way we need to apply ourselves so that we can be a voice for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Can you carry on? Her manner is beautiful. Amen. Her life wonderfully complete. Hallelujah. She's the very tree of life to those who embrace her. Amen. Hold her tight and be blessed. Hold her tight and be blessed. And I'm saying to us this morning, the wisdom of God cannot be compared to anything else. And it's important for us to hold on to that wisdom. Amen. Now, as we hold on to the wisdom of God, it's also important for us to be consistent. Let people, let us be dependable. Let people know. Let our yes be yes and our no's be no's. Let's be dedicated. Reliability is very, is key. We need to overcome failed attempts. Whatever it is that has held us back in the past, Let's put that behind us. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. Let us be able to say, Lord, I put that behind and I press on to the goal of the high calling. Knowing that we have the Holy Spirit, let us have a focus. What are we focusing on? Let's have the right connections. When we have right people, speak the right things into our lives. We have a chance to move forward. Let's surround ourselves with the right people. And that's why it's important for us to make sure that we're in the right circle of friends. Make sure that we have the right mentors. Make sure that we're accountable to somebody for our actions. You know, I hear people say, I'm not accountable to anybody. I can do whatever I want, wherever I need, uh, wherever I want. But you know what? We are accountable ultimately to God. 
But God also puts people in our lives for us to be accountable to, to help us so that we don't fall. And there are times when we'll miss it. There are times when we'll fall. But when we have that accountability partner, the Bible says we should be our brother's keeper. They can lift us up. They can help us. And it's also important that we, ha we live a life that is prayerful. Our communication with God is key. It's important that we speak to God about every single thing. There's nothing that's off limits to our Father. He wants to know about every single thing we do. I think I've mentioned this some time ago to say, you know, so there are times I ask God, what do I wear today? Because God's interested. He wants to know. He wants to be a part of everything that we do. He wants, uh, he wants to know that we hold him first place in our lives. Concerning our careers, concerning our future, concerning our spouse. What sort of guy do you want to get married to? What lady do you want to get married to? What sort of job do you want to have? What sort of business do you want to have? What's your ultimate goal in life? God wants to be part of it. God can only help us with things that we commit to his hands. And he's the one that can bring the right connections. If I'm saying to God, Lord, I, I want a business in this area. God knows the people that I need to connect to or connect with to be able to help me enhance that area of my life. So it's important. There are things that we think, oh, that's, oh no, God doesn't need to know about that. Speak to him anyway. Say, Lord, you know, what should I do? And he'll bring us, he'll bring go those godly ideas. I don't know if I, if I shared this with you. I, mom and dad took me to America in 1999. That was the first time I went to the Winter Bible Seminar. 1999, I, th I was running the children's ministry then. And that was the time that my heart was set on going to Rema. You know, the interesting thing was I never shared it with them. Never once did I mention it to them. But I had it in my heart. I didn't know how. I didn't know when. I didn't have the finances. But because it was a heart's desire, and every so often I was so into, you know, the ministry, and I would just say, Lord, I'd love, to, I'd really love to go and train in Rema. But as God would have it, God brought Rema to London. You know, and you know, the, the, the thing is, I had that desire, and I spoke to God about it. But God, in his own time, I didn't, you know, I didn't go, have to go and borrow. I didn't have to, you know, remortgage. Or, but God made sure that in his own time, Rema came to London, and I had the opportunity to attend. 
So whatever it is that we need to do to get to the places that God needs us to get to. You know, I'll share something with us. God's dreams for our lives are things that we cannot physically do for ourselves. So if you have a dream or you have a desire, if it's something that you can do for yourself, I can be rest assured that God has something better for you. And that is why it's important that we always call upon God. God will give us a dream and you say, wow, there's no way I can do this. But with the Holy Spirit and with God, we can definitely do it. Amen. You know, when you look at in the Bible, the likes of Joseph. You know, the life of Joseph, I look at it as a life of from, from, from the prison to the palace. And that's exactly what it was. But if you look at the start of his journey, his brothers sold him into slavery. He ended up in prison before he ended up in the palace. Paul so many times, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be reading the, the scripts that we're reading in the New Testament. He faced so much persecution to the point that he was warned on one of his missionary journeys, if you go, you are going to be killed. And he goes, if I'm going to be killed, so be it. Because he had, he, had, he had a reason to do what he was doing. He knew God had called him. And he knew he had a purpose. And if it was going to cost him his life, like it cost a few of them their lives, he wasn't going to stop. There's so many of them that were ridiculed. Noah was ridiculed while he was building the ark. Where's the rain? And you're building an ark. And some of us, our friends will say that to us. This is my dream. This is what I want to be. And people would look and say, really? You haven't got the right qualifications. You haven't got the right height. You haven't got the right complexion. But you know, God who has put that dream in your heart knows how you would, you know, you will get to those final destinations, as I'll call it. So I'm encouraging us this morning that we should not park in Haran. We need to get to Canaan land. We need to get to our promised land, whatever that looks like to you. Either in your relationship, either in your career, either in your walk with God. And oftentimes, it's like someone starts the gym in January. By the end of January, they've given up. And I'm sure a few of us can identify with that. For some of us, it's swimming. <laughs> no names mentioned. Let's pick those dreams back up again. You know, it's interesting. You can actually reach out to someone in the swimming pool. You can reach out to someone in the gym. There are gym ministries. Not while swimming. <laughs> but there, you could have a swimming body. Who can be an unbeliever? And you share the word of God with them. There are ministries that, that actually meet in the gym. I tell you, I learned so much from Rema. So what am I saying to us? Whatever it is that we need to do, let us do it. Let us pick up those dreams again. Let us say, God, 
I know I've stopped in Haran, but I want to get to my promised land. And that includes me as well. The things that I've packed and said, you know what, I'm fine where I am. I'm just, I'm doing well. I'm okay. As long as I can do this and do that, I've got a little bit of joy. I've got a little bit of happiness. I'm okay here. But God has bigger dreams for us. And to each one of us, God wants us to get there. Whatever there is, God wants us to get there. You are the only ones that know when you've got there. That promised land. Amen. Amen. Um, as I round up, I, there's a clip that I sent to Sam yesterday. I don't know if you're able to project it. I actually came across this. <laughs> I was looking for something else in the course of the week. And it says, never settle for less than your best. And that is what I encourage us this morning. What is your best? Give your best to God. But it's important that we give something to God to work with. Moses had a rod in his hand, and he gave that rod to God. And what did he do with it? God used that rod to part the Red Sea. So what is it you have in your hand this morning? Where is it that you've left those dreams? Where have you said, I'm now comfortable? I encourage us this morning, pick up that rod. Get, put it in the hands of God, and he will pass those red seas for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Join us for our weekly Sunday service at 10.30 a.m. at 336 Brixton Road. We hope you were blessed.